Well, good morning and welcome to DCF. Um, like Alan said, we're so glad that you guys have joined us today, whether you're here or online. Um, and thank you for joining us for this very special Sunday of Father's Day. Um, I was fortunate to grow up with a wonderful dad who was extremely loving, but also just really strong Christian men in my life that really mentored. So whether you're a physical father or a spiritual father, thank you very much. Um, Dave and Karen are away uh, in Florida. We have some um, family members in DCF that are getting married today. So Gracie and Alan, I know we're celebrating their marriage today. So they left me in charge. So <clears throat> uh, that tends to happen. Um, so I've had a chance to think about some things I wanted to share today. And there have been other Sundays that Dave has asked me to share, and it just timely, you know, the timing wasn't great. Um, but it worked out perfect because I've had testimonies on my heart for quite some time. And um, the thing that we know about testimonies is when we hear others share, it really encourages us where we're at. Um, it can kind of propel us on maybe the other side of the things that we're dealing with. And so, um, you know, I, I was thinking back through 2020, and I don't want to give COVID all the credit for 2020. So um, where it could have really been a devastating year for many people, I know the Lord was at work. I have my own testimony, my own stories that really seemed to be, uh, like, look impossible in a time where there's a pandemic and could be job loss. And, um, but I just know the Lord was pushing me through to victory and some things. And so I wanted to hear from my family here because I was like, I know all of you have a story and I'm going to hunt you down. And if I didn't get you this round, I'm going to get you the next round. So everyone be ready. But um, I was able to ask four friends here to share just something the Lord has taken them through uh, in the last couple of years. Um, I loved Alan's message last week. If you didn't have a chance to hear, you should go back because I texted him and said, thanks for kicking off my testimony Sunday. <laughs> he just set the stage for me. Uh, and he got to share some of his story. But what I loved about Alan's was he started off his message with, we are more than conquerors. And it wasn't just leaving us with the scripture and the, the question mark, okay, but how? He said, this is how I got on the other side. And there was challenge and, and the how-tos and what that looked like for him. Um, and so my challenge was simple to my four, I feel like it's a game show, like my contestants, so the, uh, it, it, it was just, what has the Lord taken you through? What's the journey the last couple years? And then how are you on the other side of it now? And um, I know if, if you're like me, I'm excited to hear from them. And so um, I love what scripture says about testimonies. You know, there's many, many scriptures, but I pulled like Hebrews 10, it says, let us continue to consider how to motivate one another and love one another with good deeds, and to encourage one another um, even more. So, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, To admonish those who are idle, cheer up those who are discouraged, and help those who may be weak. And so what better way than to hear celebration and victory from other people? And so I'm going to ask Jen Revel to come kick off our time together. And um, you're not going to hear much from me. You don't want to hear from me today. You want to hear from these four people. So... We just thought it'd be fun to kind of do more of an interview style um, to share some stories the last couple of years. So with that being said, I'm going to rearrange this mic thing here yeah, no for me. I'm going to silence myself. Good morning. Good morning. So Jen, tell everybody who you are and just about what your journey has looked like this last couple of years. Okay. So um, again, my name's Jen Revel. My husband's Jeremy. Uh, we are usually in the back in the sound booth or behind a computer 
of some sort running something in the background that a lot of people don't see. But what you do see is what you see is lights and graphics and stuff online and sound and website and things like that. And that all, for some reason, somehow ends to fall up in our wheelhouse. I don't know. Um, but anyway, all that stuff that you see online, going online, accessing things that way and connecting with the church through online and even just creating a wor- help creating a worship environment in here is part of our ministry and our service here to DCF. We've been here for about... Cumulatively, about 15 years, we have five-year stint up in Abbeville, and um, I can honestly say we have been associated with this family our entire marriage, and it's totally a God-appointed thing. Um, as far as 2020. Yeah, tell us, um, you had a really interesting start before yeah. anybody. You kind of had a yeah. glimpse so, of something. So it's interesting. First of all, COVID had absolutely nothing to do with how our 2020 went. None. Zero. Zilch. COVID could have never have came, and what happened for us in 2020 would have still happened because God just works in ways that even when it seems like it's terrible, it's, it really wasn't. It was a blessing for us. So it started in January of a bunch of us girls getting over, getting together over at MCC, having coffee, and it was like, what are your expectations for 2020? And at that time, we were all hopeful, you know, new year and everything. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. 2020, new decade, da, da 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 And I just sat there, and I was like, all right, God, we've been talking about this. What are we doing for 2020? He goes, I need you to prepare to work from home. Before COVID was even really widely talked about in the U.S. or anything like that, I need you to prepare to work from home. And I told the group that. I said, I really feel like God's getting ready to move me into a place of being able to work from home. I don't know what that looks like. So I ended up going online to Amazon, bought a really great webcam, bought a new headset with a microphone and everything. I upped my data speed with my service provider uh, up in Abbeville and everything. It was like, hey, I need you to bump me from this up to 200 meg, which is a lot. Our house runs on the internet. It just does. Um, and that's just kind of how we went. So COVID came, we got kicked out of our offices where we worked. Um, they told most of us to come home and I started working from home and I'm going, okay, God, you warned me of this and wow, you're good. I got sent home first because of some medicine I was on made me immune compromised. And about three weeks later, about beginning of April, Jeremy got sent home too. And we both worked from home. And our kids were sent home to finish school. Okay, I have a five and a seven-year-old. At the time, they were in K-5 and in K-3. Do you know what it's like to do online school with kindergartners? It is herding wild, feral cats. And what's worse is that you're trying to hurdle or wrangle wild, feral cats online. And these poor teachers, God bless them, they try so hard. And the teachers that we had are great teachers. They were not used to doing online school. So it was like, here are some suggestions just from this, from somebody who has done online schooling and stuff like that and have taught online classes from that standpoint and everything. I'm like, mute everybody. Make them raise their hands. When they raise their hands, unmute them. Otherwise, it's chaos. We got through the school year. Um, We got to May 15th, or we're getting close to May 15th, and we were both working a contract 
that always renewed on May 15th. And we were getting close to that week and the week of, and it was just like nobody knew anything. Nobody heard anything. We're like, what's going on? And I find, we finally got to the end of the week. Nothing had been told. All we knew at that point was contract was not, our, our, country, our company's contract was not getting renewed. Well, usually when that happened, usually we just change shirts, fill out new hire paperwork, start our time over, and just carry on. Well, never heard anything, never heard anything. Usually by now we've heard something, haven't heard anything. By Sunday evening, I was like, okay, God, I need clear definition. And Jeremy's like, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I said, all I know is to pray. I said, God, we need clear, I mean definitive footsteps. And that night I had a dream. And it's amazing how much of our stuff starts with a dream. And I walked, and it was a dream of me walking through our office building and knowing that I was turning in my equipment. Jeremy was turning in his equipment. We were packing up our desks. And I walked around the office to the different areas, like when, because Jer Jeremy worked in a different part. He worked in the developer section. Um, and I remember go seeing each desk and knowing who was there and seeing that their desk was either already empty or they had put a box in place and were loading their stuff up in there while they were out processing. And I knew exactly who was not coming back on this contract, including myself and my husband. We had lost our jobs in the midst of a pandemic that we were not prepared for, but God prepared us because just in three months that Jeremy got to work on the contract, because he started in January, we took that money and we put it back. And then we got our tax returns early. So we had money put back to be able to support our family. God made provision instead. He, I got a call um, from another business where we were at, and they were like, hey, we want to interview you. Okay, cool. For what? They're like, we have a cybersecurity analyst position over here that we think you'd be perfect for. Cool. They just were like, "What? we need to know your start date. I'm like, as of right now, I can start now if y'all hire me. So I went in and did the interview. We went and turned in all of our stuff. Ironically enough, they showed, they showed me the list of the people who weren't coming back. I wasn't supposed to see the list, and it was everybody I had seen in my dream on that list. What that enabled me to do was to walk into that place and go and hold my head high and give encouragement to the folks that were being left behind, that were still on contract, that were being left in the turmoil. They're like, how are you able to do this? I said, I know God's got me. That's all I could say. We are going to be fine. I said, I want you guys to do your jobs and to do them with excellence that I know you know how to do and to keep persevering and do this job and succeed that's what I want you guys to do. And don't worry about us because God's got us. And within a week and a half, I started another job. I lost no pay at whatsoever or anything. And we just kept trucking along. I was working from home still off and on for the, next, for the rest of the year. And we just kept going. Jeremy uh, took over schooling the girls and stuff up until we got ready for the new school year. The girls, uh, ACA is a small school. They went back to school and everything, and it was good. Um, and then I, I found out a recruiter called me about a job about back this January and they're like, would you be interested? I said, sure. They're like, okay, well, they really want you. What's your range? And God laid a number on my heart. And I was like, this is insanity. I gave them that number and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Really? 
I'm not going to give an amount, but let's put it this way. It has enabled us in a way to fulfill a dream that's been three or four years in the making. And then God started numbering our steps exactly. He was strategic in what he did because we have longed. Our community is here in Dothan. This is where we are called. We are called to this fellowship. We are called to this body to serve. Whatever that looks like in any capacity, we are called here. One of the big struggles is I lived next door to my parents, and I knew my mother would be heartbroken. My God did a work in her heart and made a way to where she was accepting of it and was like, I hate that you guys are leaving, but she's like, I get it, and I understand I'm like, we're only 30 minutes away. It's not like me being a military family and moving so far across the country. So come this Thursday, we close on a house in a great neighborhood where God said, you'll be in this neighborhood and when you, you will love the neighborhood and you will love the neighborhood. And he's calling us to be on mission in that community. Whatever that looks like, we have no idea. But we close this Thursday on a house that is so full of blessing and anointing. When I walked in it, God just showed up. And I was like, I don't get emotional in the house. But God has numbered his steps, and he's been strategic every part of the way. Mm-hmm. And if you were to say, to, like, if you had somebody in front of you that's going through the same thing, that maybe was on a similar journey or it was kind of a, an on and off year for them last year, what would you say to them to encourage them? Don't take your eyes off him. There's so much stuff, even now. I mean, if you sit there and start paying attention to, every, to the tempest swirling around you, mm-hmm. it's going to drown you because there's so much negativity. If you can shift your perspective and your focus and look on him mm-hmm. and say, I know you've got me and I'm holding on to that anchor, you're going to walk on water mm-hmm. in the midst of a storm. And he's mm-hmm. going to see you through it. So don't take your eyes off him. It's like, I accept that this is what's going on. But God, I know you're a good God, and you've never let me down. And I'm going to trust you with that. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. I love that in her story. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take that real quick. Um, I love that in her story that when she was saying that God basically, it was full circle. Like there was a story for them started a long time ago. And that just she was looking at just what last year brought, and it fulfilled this this vision that they've had as a family. Um, So he was in the works long before, you know, just last year. So thank you so much. Um, All right. Our next guest of honor is Lisa. So Lisa, come on up. Lisa, do you give lots of testimonies on stage? Just the fact that I said yes is a testimony in itself. Yes, and let me tell you, because I even said, I called her back, and I was like, look, I know the pressures of a mom. You don't have to say yes to me. She was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I was like, yes. So, amen. Yes. So, Lisa, introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit about you, and then just kind of share with us what the Lord's been doing for you the last couple years. Okay, great. Um, Yes, um, I moved to Dothan about five years ago with uh, my husband and two kids. And um, about three years ago, uh, my husband and I separated. Um, At that time, I was not prepared um, for that. It was kind of a shock to our family. 
And um, about a year and a half after being separated, um, we finalized our divorce. And as many of you know, a divorce can bring a lot of challenges um, to a family, um, just me personally, but also to my kids. And um, at that time of life, I, like I said, I was not prepared for some of these changes. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for seven years. I was able to homeschool my children, which I just loved, and I felt very blessed to be able to do that. Um, and in this time, there were going to be a lot of changes for the kids. You know, we had to sell the house. Um, we'd have to move into a new place. Um, I would have to go back to work. Um, and, you know, my kids, you know, from going from homeschooling to a school was going to, we just knew it was going to be a challenge, especially for my youngest when she um, is seven. And, um, you know, she, she didn't know any different. This was how um, she, you know, she knew mom was her teacher. So, <laughs> so with so much coming at me so quickly, um, I, at that moment, had a decision to make. And I really felt like, you know, I could just <laughs> fall apart and say, you know what, this, uh, this is too much. Um, but I was so thankful for this family here because everyone just kept saying the Lord is good. And, I, and in that time and in that season, I, I did. I questioned. I said, this is not good. This is not um, something that we would celebrate and say is good. And um, without fail, this family just came around me and loved on me and just kept saying, um, you know, God promises good. So keep, keep your eyes like like she was just saying, you know, keep your eyes, look for the good. And so I did at that moment, I said, okay, Lord, <laughs> you and me, we're doing this together. I've, I've got a lot of things, you know, decisions, and I want you to be a part of it. And so um, when she uh, asked me to give a testimony, realis really, I, I, I wasn't sure what to give a testimony on. I've had so many amazing blessings along the way that the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has just... Um, provided. Um, and so for, for some of you who know me really well, I've gotten to share some of those testimonies with you. Um, but today I really wanted to share one that um, has kind of crossed all areas and has shown from the very start of this uh, new season and new chapter of my life all the way to today. Um, and so... <laughs> So um, going back to work after seven years, not an easy thing to do, especially in a town that I don't, you know, besides here, I really don't know or have connections. Um, I have a degree in recreational therapy, and for most people, they don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it is, um, well, it's a very broad, um, in Dothan, there are two agencies that have recreational therapists. Um, crazy enough, um, in the season that I needed a job, one of those agencies was hiring for a recreational therapist. So, woohoo, yay! So, you know, I'm thinking, this is great. I went ahead, took the job, started working, and I loved my job. I loved what I did, um, but I could see. It was taking a toll on my family. Um, again, my kids were not used to me being away. I was working weekends. Sometimes I was even working nights, and I knew that something had to change. Um, again, I felt so blessed to have a job, but I also felt like there was more than just watching my kids struggle and not being there for them. So I began praying. And quickly after I began praying and saying, Lord, 
my desires, my heart. Um, I really would love to work in a school where I could have the same hours as my kids. I could be home in the summer. I was very specific. <laughs> I had my checkbox, and I prayed each and every one of those things. And the Lord just um, was so kind um, in that time. And I got a phone call from my kid's school um, maybe a week or so later offering me a job in the school. Um, as a science teacher. If any of you know me, I'm not a science teacher, but I'm a homeschool mom. I can figure it out, right? And I thought, this is amazing. I've, I'd work in the school with my kids. I would have um, the ability to be off in the summers, be home in the evenings. This checked every earthly box that I was praying for, and I just felt amazingly blessed, and I they needed a decision right away. Like, it was a quick transition that something had happened. So I quit my job right away and said yes. And, whoo, when I said yes, something just did not feel right. I couldn't understand because even those who were praying with me were like, this is great. This is everything you've wanted. And I said, but something isn't right. And so I began to really pray and seek the Lord and say, why am I not as excited? Where is the joy? Where is the peace in this decision? Um, this is everything I wanted. And um, he didn't answer me right away. I had to keep praying and keep being diligent about getting an answer because I knew it wasn't right. Um, and I did. I received an answer. And the Lord said something that I was not expecting. Um, and it was so real to me that I wrote it down because I knew it was from the Lord. And he just said, Lisa, this is your season to rest and to heal. And as a new single mom, I thought, I don't have time to rest or heal. I've got to, you know, get my life going. I've got to provide. And this makes no sense. Um, but the more I prayed on it, the more I really felt like, yes, this is from the Lord. And I really need to, you know, keep asking more questions um, and so I did, I just prayed into that and I really, my main question was how long, you know, I, I'm looking again at my finances and just wanting to move forward in my life. And, um, again, he answered and said six months and I'm like, no, no, uh, <laughs> six months is way too long. Um, and I was almost embarrassed to tell people, like, it was almost like if this really, I'm an able body. I can go get a job. I can work. This is, not, this is not the earthly norm to just sit back and do nothing. And so it was a little scary to hear him say that. But I decided in that moment, he had been so faithful through all of this that I decided to trust him and just say yes. Um, and I did. I turned down that position and I rested and I healed. I was, I was there for Kayla when she was struggling with school. I was able to be um, the one that got to pick them up from school and just support them through, you know, their first school year. And, um, and I was able to heal. I spent a lot of time on who I am. And the Lord just gave me permission to dream again, something I had not done in a long time, and really just see what... Um, <laughs> What, what, what is it, what's for Lisa? What is, what is my journey now going to look like? And, um, and we had some, like, like I said, it was an amazing, I was in the flow. We were, I was enjoying this time that the Lord provided for me. Um, and in, even in that time, I still knew in the back of my head I'd have to go back to work. Um, and I was prepared for that. 
um, but really enjoying the season that the Lord gave me. And um, even while, you know, I was, you know, resting and healing, I still was praying for those desires in my heart. I still was praying for a job in a school, a job that would allow me to be with my kids more often, a job that would give me the summers off. Um, and <laughs> I did not give up on those prayers. And um, on a about one month ago, I got a random text from a friend that um, I had met um, through Kayla's Gymnastics, and she said, hey, um, I'm, she's a teacher at Dothan Public Schools, and she said, there's some new job openings that just came up online. You should check them out. And I said, okay, sure, yeah, I'm, that, that sounds great. Go ahead. I apply. Um, there was nine new positions opening up in the public schools. Um, that next day, I had three interviews. Um, I got ex uh I got accepted at all three positions and got to even choose which school I wanted to go to. So um, starting in the fall, I will be a parent involvement specialist at Girard Primary. Um, and yes, my earthly desires of wanting to be home in the summer, not work weekends or nights, has, has come, come all the way around. And I just thought... This is great, right? So when she, she asked me to do this testimony, I thought, ah, you know, this is a good testimony. But the best part was I had never even thought about the timeline. And I went back and I checked my text messages to the time I turned down my position um, as a recreational therapist and said yes to rest. And this um, position, getting this position, was exactly six months. So I mean, that's, yes. that's awesome. Yeah, so... That is, for me, yeah. um, just watching this kind of progress and just mm -hmm. um, trusting in the Lord and what he has been able to do this year for me and my family mm -hmm. has been amazing. So, Lisa, what would you say to somebody that were in your situation, maybe going on a similar journey, if you could say one thing to encourage them? Okay. <laughs> one thing. Well, uh, yeah. I know. Um, well, maybe, maybe one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the biggest thing was my decision to partner with the Lord in mm -hmm. all of these big decisions and changes in my life. Yeah. I made a commitment from the beginning to bring the Lord with me on each one of these decisions. And mm -hmm. just like we sang today, I wrote it down because yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. You make all things work together yep. for my good. And I never forgot that. Mm -hmm. and, and being able to trust that allowed me to make the decisions to get to where I'm at now. Awesome. Thank you for sharing today, Lisa. Yay! All right. Up next, we have Paul. Paul, have you done many of these either? No, no. So welcome, Paul, everyone. I'll give you the mic. All right, Paul. So you share with everyone who you are and just kind of about your journey the Lord's had you on. I think it's been the past few years. Yeah, uh, yeah. my name's Paul Powell. Um, I've uh, been a business owner, an employee, uh, drum on occasion every Sunday, it looks like. Uh, so um, I'm a dad to two amazing guys. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess, you know, my journey really started maybe mid-17. Um, and a lot of Alan's story last week really resonated. Mm -hmm. um, mid-17, I mean, I think we all, the, the scars, the fig leaf. Um, I had what I think the world would say was success, but I was, woke up with anxiety every morning. I was worried. I didn't understand it. 
I had a lot of things pulling at me. And essentially, I just never thought it would all work out. Right? I was always worried. Um, and I just wanted peace. That's all I wanted. And uh, I think I had tried for many years to um, find happiness in stuff. Right? We know stuff doesn't work, but you know, um, when you don't know what else to do, you kind of go towards stuff, right? And stuff didn't work, and relationships didn't work, and so I, um, about mid seventeen, I had hired a, a personal, professional coach to help me with my business, and uh, that kind of led down the journey that God uh, used to begin to have an interaction with me in my life, begin to teach me things, and. You know, I will tell you, it was a very ugly journey. Um, my son can, can certainly attest to that, or my boys can. It was not pretty. Um, because the only way to deal with that fig leaf is to look at what's behind it. Well, that's not fun. You know, scars, guilt, shame, failure. You know, and, you know, the Bible talks about that, that God forgives us. We don't forgive us. So we carry that stuff around. We don't have to, but we tend to. And so... Over the next few years, um, what I really realized was that I, I didn't love myself. Right? So how can I accept love from others if I don't love myself? How can I love others if I don't love myself? I can only do it the way I know. You know so I gave my kids stuff, but I didn't have a personal I didn't have a relationship with them, not like I, I should. You know? And so all of this time, I had to learn... Um, through, you know, a, a number of ways God reached out and taught me, you know, forgiveness, love yourself. And from that, that really, I think, um, changed. That was the real change. Because then I was able to, I can even look back and see the people that I had drawn into my life before and after. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think that's where it all started, was the fact that I didn't know... Um, I don't know how to love myself. So I couldn't accept it from my children. I couldn't accept it from God. So I kind of had that, that view, kind of like Alan was, that God, you know, I had these set of rules, and well, I wasn't good enough for me, so how could I be good enough for him? And if I wasn't good enough for him, it just, it just kind of made it pretty complicated. And uh, so that's kind of where the journey started. Yeah, um, and I know, like, when you and I were prepping and kind of talking, Paul said something that I think is true, that I think the church in general doesn't do a great job of, like, the hows. Like, well, okay, well, how do we get there? Well, that's all great for you, but how mm -hmm. did you do it? And, and so I would say, like, when we were discussing, uh, I came up with a question. I was like, well, what are the nuggets then? Like, what, what were the things then that you learned, and what were the situations that happened over the last couple years to kind of bring you on that other side? Um, well, I guess the first nugget is, is self-awareness, right? We've got to look at ourselves and be honest. And, you know, for me, I didn't really want to do that, right? Our ego is the thing that protects us, but, you know, it's also the thing that pushes everyone away. Alan and I were talking last, last week after the message, and so I, um, I used knowledge to try to make friends. And undoubtedly, if you tell everyone everything that you know, they don't really enjoy that, and that does not make them hug you and go, man, I love how smart you are. Who'd have thought, you know? Anyway, we can talk about that more. Alan, I think you and I enjoy that conversation. So, um, 
So the first is self-awareness. I mean, you, you got to be able to look at yourself, and that's usually the ugly part. That's not fun. Um, and so um, literally there was a point where I wrote down everything bad about myself on my mirror and just, like, looked at it. And it just stayed there every day. Because if I, you know, i got to come to terms with that. Okay, you can forgive yourself, but it, understand who I am. And, and really where it kind of goes, and I guess, is God doesn't want us to feel that way. Plain and simple. You know, so we're the ones that are carrying all that stuff around. And he doesn't want that to be our experience. And so that's what I was able to, that's not who you are. That may be what, has, what you've done. That's what's happened. That's not who you are. So I think that changed the perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And then as far as things happen, I think um, a couple of testimonies that I guess are, are, are relevant to this conversation. Um, and I guess I'll go ahead and give you the end first. The end is, um, and you've already heard it, is that, you know, we don't necessarily have to know how, right? It, for me, my end was, um, I tend to think, and we all tend to sort of think linearly, right? This happens, then this happens, then this happens. So then I can get this, which is what I think I want. And what we think we want and what we really want or need, in my case, wasn't necessarily the, the case. Um, I ended up having to quit my job, take over a family business that was in a terrible situation, and I had been hurt by that family business. And so um, I took it, and basically I was losing everything I had. I'd sold my house. I'd sold everything just about I owned and had already kind of come to the um, realization, okay, if I go bankrupt, I'll just go bankrupt. They can't eat me. And that was a good place to be when you finally get to that point, right? Um, It's pretty freeing. And so I had gotten to that point. I had this company that really... The assets weren't worth what I owed on them. There was just no reason for this to be able to keep going, and I didn't know how it was going to play out, but I already kind of settled up that if it did, that was just the way it did. And then someone offers to buy it. Like Last year, right? Yeah. Why would you buy? Right right before last year, really, just a few months. But why would you buy something that really, you know, not a whole lot of value here. Well, they wanted a customer. I had a customer, and that created value. So it became amazing that before COVID, the month before COVID, I ended up selling the business. And had I kept it, COVID would have probably ended it because in that particular business, trucking, it dropped off really hard for a short period of time, and expenses are really high, and it's a thin margin business. And the bottom line is, that would have been it. I thought, in fact, I had some ideas about how it would play out, And I guess my point, if we focus on the idea that we think this is how it needs to happen, we exclude all of the other ways it can happen. And that, for me, was the lesson. Um, You know, I have a mantra, everything works out for me. I believe that. I believe that's what God wants. I don't think God wants things to not work out for me. I think there's lessons along the way. But for me, I just chose to believe that because I've seen it. There was a situation, I was in a band, I really wasn't that great in the band, I was the weakest player, and it ends up, you know, disbanding, coming back together without me, and I was, my feelings were hurt because I had a lot of attachment to being a drummer because of my identity. Again, I didn't love myself, so I had to find some good things to like about me, and maybe if I was a drummer, that'd be cool, but I wasn't a great drummer, 
and I quit playing for a while. And then somebody asked me if I can give drum lessons because they happened to see on Facebook I'm a drummer, and he's sitting down here in the front row. And I'm like, well, I'll give you lessons. If y'all need a drummer, I'll come play. And I went from playing in an environment where it was stressful and unhappy to playing here. And it gave me joy again in drumming. And so what an amazing, you know, again, I'm thinking this is the way it needs to happen. And it may be over that way that it, it ends up happening. So I think my, 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 my biggest lesson from all of this is that I don't necessarily have to figure it out. Yeah. You didn't have to figure it out. You didn't have to figure it out. You know, that God will take care of those things. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a lot more peace than me mm-hmm. being all churned up and worried about how for me to plan it out. Because you probably wouldn't have even picked any of the routes that he chose. I, I <laughs> so probably wouldn't have point? said, somebody will just buy my company. That'll be a great idea. That's right, yeah, exactly. No. So, Paul, if you were to encounter somebody that was in a similar situation kind of along your journey, what would you say to them to encourage them? God wants good for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real thing. And until mm-hmm. you can believe that, mm-hmm. and it may take different things for everybody to get to that place of believing it. But if you can truly believe that, I think that takes a lot of tough stuff mm-hmm. off your plate. And then I think you can have experiences like they've shared yeah. and like I've shared. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing today, Paul. Thank you. Yep, you're good. Yes. Awesome. Um, And I love that. It's not that we ask the Lord to, like, Lord, prove yourself, but that he just does it anyway, and he just, he provides his opportunities anyway, and we're like, man. Um, So I love that. Thank you. All right, so our last guest and family member of DCF is Diane. So Diane... She's the closer. That's what I set her up. <laughs> no pressure. No. Thank you for joining me. I like your little notes. You like how I got an escort up? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. That's right. Um, and part of the reason I got an escort up is probably what you think I'm going to spend most of my time talking about. <laughs> And that's incorrect. That's right. <laughs> oh, so. But I do have a couple little notes to keep me she going. Good, two pages. That's it. Two tiny pages. Yeah, that's, um, yeah it's pretty simple. So, yeah. Diane, introduce yourself and just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and, and kind of how your journey has okay. been. Well, if my name is Diane Bledsoe. And if you have been here long at all, I am one of the evil people from California, the transplants. <laughs> yes, we think, th- yeah, preach. There you go. That's right. It's a beautiful state. It just has weird things going on. But, yes. um, I came here to um, become a nurse. And people were like, I was 10 years, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. Made a lot more money than I did as a nurse. But um, this was part of God's journey for me. And... The interesting thing that I want to share, and then we'll do the leg thing, <clears throat> is when I was younger, I was, oh, I still am. That's why I brought tissue. I am a tender-hearted, mushy person. Miles will just, I know, I relate to you so much. Um, and you know what? It's okay. But I wasn't told it was okay growing up. I was told I was too emotional, too sensitive, 
to this, to that, insecure, um, immature, by my family. And um, when your mom tells you that, don't you have a hard time thinking that maybe she's not right? But I got to the point um, where I had to look at it and say, is she right? And you know what I found? I'm going to cut to the chase on something. When I moved here, my mom um, realized finally that we are just alike. I had been saying it for years, and she's like, no, 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 you're so fill in the blank. And then when we were roommates, and I pursued her from California, we're going to talk while I'm driving home. You know, I just, we're going to talk because it was important to me. And we got really close, and then I move in with her, and we started to realize it and cried a few times and realized we had things in common and that my tearfulness and my sensitivity is in my DNA and it's part of the gifting he gave me. And for anyone in their own hurt and their own pain to say that, that those things are wrong, the enemy loved to just flame that. But that is who he made me, and those are gifts that he wants to use in, in, in his own special way. But what I picked up from that that's um, a lie is that I don't matter. I don't matter. Um, I went to Bible college. I was told you won't make it a year by some of my best friends. Ha! They were wrong. God showed me I do matter. And it's not about what I was taught growing up is I believed in God. And probably most of us do. So does the enemy. But the message I got is that I needed to be good enough. I needed to not do this and do this and not do this and be there every Sunday. And guess what? I failed. I failed like a rock star. Well, not a, I was a good girl. But good girls fail all the time. And it was only when someone lived grace in front of me that I like, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And I ran to that with everything in me. The rest of my family, they need to do what they need to do, but I needed the love of God in my life. And it transformed me in amazing ways. And he started to teach me things. um, And this is probably a little politically incorrect, so just have grace for me. I've been single most of my life. As a Christian woman, when you go to Bible college, they call it bridal college for a reason. I had a chance to marry someone. God gave me a dream and kept my hiney in bed saying, I want you to hear it. You know when a parent says, you sit there and you listen to what I'm telling you. He did that to me, and he said, you can marry him if you want to, but it's not what I want for you, and this is what it's going to look like. Now you sit there and you think about it. I listened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, what I felt as a single woman is that I didn't matter. I still struggled with that. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't even have kids, so I didn't even have that to check off. I was just, who, who was I? And he had to reestablish me and say, it doesn't matter if you fit the mold. Make a new mold then, you know? And he has taken me through many steps. And he has taken me through a marriage. And some of the details aren't important because this man was hurting. And I did everything I knew to do to let him know um, that that I loved him. And I did care. And I believe there was love on both sides. 
But in his brokenness, he chose to use lethal anger and tell me, you will never be loved. I don't love you. No one will love you. You are not lovable. And I'll tell you right then, thankfully, because of the past, God said, that's a lie. And we need to pull it out by the roots. But don't leave that vacant. You need to speak up and say, what is the truth? That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows it well. If I had just left it, it would have taken root in here. And if I just pulled it and didn't replace it with the truth, then I'm left with a void. So that was like a milestone for me. And at times, I would, I'll admit, I was on my face going, all I know is that God loves me. And sometimes that you struggle. I know that I'm a child of God and my name is Diane. That's all I knew at first. When someone rejects you from divorce, it hurts as bad, I think, as if they died. Because they chose to leave you and not want you. Now, that milestone helped me because God walked me through that. And then here I am, um, working as a nurse, proud of that, feeling like I matter, loving that, but knowing that I am more than a nurse. That's just what I do, and it's awesome. Because I get to be there when things are looking real bad as an ICU nurse or as a hospice nurse. I did both. And it's like, oh, this fits, this fits. But God had been doing a work of saying, the time is coming for that to end. And I worked with the band. And I love working and pouring my life into those kids. But I w saw that it was coming to an end, too. And how it ended is at Rip Hughes Stadium, I had a minor injury that was, or a minor accident that was a major injury. Just stepping off um, in a stadium seat. I broke my tibia and fibula, and my surgeon said it's the worst ankle injury he's ever seen. Well, yeah, I'm over, yeah, if I'm going to do it, let's do it right. <clears throat> you know, I remember laying there, or <coughs> there, and right in front of the majorettes and the flags and all that, and I just thought, you know what God did? He said, remember, I made you this way. He let me be calm. I have never, well, I have never felt that kind of pain and your foot sideways, you're going to feel pain. But I remember telling Galen, okay, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, because the girl's getting ready to perform. And, um, and the stretcher came, and I told him how to help me get on the stretcher. And then as we are leaving, I did the royal wave to my kids <laughs> so that they wouldn't be so freaked out, you know. And with that, my job stopped immediately. I had to be off work for four months on no weight-bearing, Wheelchairs, knee, knee scooters, a lot of y'all are aware of that. And when was this? Oh, uh, that was September of 2019. Right, okay. So going into 2020. Yeah, going into it. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, the way I could get through this is God provided uh, my roommate moving from California. She's now my roommate. She was there. I was used to taking care of people and cleaning up messes. She had to clean up messes for me. It's hard to have your roommate empty a bedside commode for you. And when you struggle to make it to the bedside commode, that's even worse. But it, it was awesome. And i got to tell you, the reason why we were able to go through that, and I'm sure I get discouraged because we ended up with three surgeries, um, metal in, metal out, more metal in, three bone grafts, and they were telling me it wasn't healing. Well, I just went back recently, and he said, I cannot believe how great your ankle looks. It's good enough. We can take, we're going to do one more surgery on the 29th of this month, and we're going to take out uh, as much of the metal as we can. 
And what I wanted to leave you with is the way we were able to walk through this, God and I together, is because he gave me milestones. And he said, I, I can, when I look back at those things as a reminder, it was like, God can provide. God has provided. And God will provide. And that he is Jehovah Jireh. And so when I am on my face, because we all get there sometimes, maybe in the midst of that when we're struggling, because, I mean, I'm not looking forward to another surgery, but he can, mm -hmm. he has, and he will. And it's not always pretty. I have three scars now. I'm probably losing my career as a supermodel for ankles. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I wouldn't at all. So, Diane, if you were to encounter somebody that was going through something that you've gone through, what would, what would be that thing that you say to them to help maybe propel them to the other side? I knew this question was coming. I know. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Family helped me because there was no one here when a man said, I don't want you, no one ever will. Mm -hmm. But I called the only family I had that was Galen. Mm -hmm. Called her in California help. I know the truth, but I need someone else to say it along with me. Yeah. And it's not always pretty. We, you know, we want to be able to say, oh my goodness, you know, I, I know all this, mm -hmm. but sometimes we need someone to come alongside and then we need to, I would say, if you can't say my name is blank and I know I'm a child of God, find someone that can say it yes. for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. That's come right. on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to actually have Diane stay here because I want her to pray and close out service this morning because there's something about the power of the people that were able to share to pray over others maybe in the same situation. And as we were preparing, or as I was preparing this week, you know, it wasn't just like, hey, can you talk on Sunday? And like I threw people up there. We really spent time together on the phone and hashed out like what is it the Lord is trying to say. Um, and, and I think it's awesome that all of their stories have jobs intertwined in it and success and on the other side of that. And the other thing is that the Lord actually started all of their journeys before COVID because, again, it was not a surprise to the Lord. And then there was success through 2020 on the other side. And so um, one of the scriptures that kept coming back to me over and over was Philippians 1.6. Uh, and we've all heard it. <clears throat> it says, He that began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. And I looked up the Passion Translation because um, sometimes I just like to see, you know, other translations and poetry or whatever, but uh, I pray with great faith for you because I am fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process. And I just think that's so beautiful. He is faithful to fulfill that. Um, and I just think the power of testimonies, there's something about hearing people walk through something on the other side that says, if the Lord did it for them, they can do it for me. And if, he, if they see victory, then I can see victory too. Because like we were all saying, it was not always easy. I mean, most of you know my story if you've been here. And, you know, I've lost a child. I had to bury my daughter. And I have been through a divorce myself and a remarriage and blending family. And some seasons are longer than others. And it takes time. I have health issues I'm still in the middle of. And I am believing for victory. But I know that every time, like Diane said, it's these milestones but I'm like, no, he didn't bring me here to leave me here. He brought me here to bring me there. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what we're believing today. And so I just wanted to close out service today with all of us standing. 
because I think we're all probably in a different spot of our journey. And if any of these stories resonated with you, oh, sorry. <laughs> there was a lot of weight that came off of that chair. Sorry. <laughs> if any of these resonated with you, you know, whether you're in the beginning of a journey, smack dab in the middle, or at the tail end, we want to stand in belief with you and see victory for you. And so if this is you, we're just going to pray. And, you know, you can raise your hands. You can do nothing in just a posture of worship to the Lord. But Diane's going to close out and believe for some victory. Father God, we come together as family. We come to you as our provider. Mm -hmm. You are Jehovah Jireh. And Lord, we just thank you so much that you are not surprised by anything mm -hmm. any one of us is walking through. And you have promised and you have showed even today reminders that you are with us every step of the way. You are not embarrassed by our thoughts. You do not judge us critically and say you're not supposed to think or feel that way. But that you have called us to just run to you right where we are. That, and you have promised us that you will surround us with the people that will speak the truth as well, Lord God. So if any of us are going through things right now, that you would just surround us with people, but you would also just pour out your spirit right now into our spirit, that you would calm the fears and you would pull out the lies, replace it with your truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would say that you are forever enough mm -hmm. for us. You are always enough for us, and you are more than enough, and you have called us as your own. And yeah. you will pour grace on us today. If there are things that are upsetting and you're afraid, God is not afraid. That's right. And there are people that, if you're in-house, that we're people that will pray with you and agree and stand with you. Because it doesn't always look pretty. Mm -hmm. But we will stand in the truth with you. And we thank you, Lord God, that even more than anyone standing with us, that you are with us forevermore. Every moment, you have surrounded us before and behind, underneath us and over us, Lord God. That we are soaking in your love, and we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Yes, amen. amen. So if you uh, need continued prayer, if you want to stand with somebody that can just pray through victory with you, we're going to have a ministry team up at the front. If you're online or you go home and you think of something that we want to pray with you, you can go to dothancf.com. And there's a prayer section. We will get back to you and be praying with you. But I just wanted to leave us with this today. As fathers leave and as we leave the house today with the Lord's blessing. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Thank you.